0: You're listening to The B Word Unpacked, brought to you by Good Stock Consulting. Hey, listeners. Welcome to another episode of The B Word Unpacked. I'm excited to dive into today's topic because you know what we're talking about? Bible.
1: All right. And y'all know. So this is Ebony. Y'all know that, that I have God at the center of my life. And I was so excited when we talked about actually unpacking this word of bible because i just wanted to talk about all the ways that i've seen god kind of show up in my life y'all know i'll spend every moment y'all know me i get real deep on some on some real shallow subjects but everything always comes back to the goodness that god has um, been for me in my life and i just can't wait to get into this little topic
2: amen to all of that as the granddaughter of a black baptist preacher the church certainly played a major role in my upbringing that said my engagement in the church throughout my lifetime has looked different at different stages and in different seasons
0: well guys we have a special guest today but before we jump in let's do a quick lightning Lightning round ladies i've gotta ask no judgment who's read the entire bible
3: not me. <laughs>
1: Look, Okay. All right. So let me rewind back. So yes, I said God is the center of my life, but have I? um Absolutely not. So th- the way I actually got to know God wasn't because of the Bible at all. So like, for instance, growing up, we went to church, but it wasn't because my mom and dad like took me to church. Like my mama literally put us on the church van. Hey, come through country church uh, van. Mm-hmm. That's right. Okay. Shout don't, out. Don't get on the church van. There was some stuff happening on the church van. Mm-hmm. That, yes, that was not, um, not of God, but that's, that's what I thought <laughs> was it was you go on the church van, send us, um, every Saturday for choir rehearsal, we would go to church, Sunday school in the morning. Um, you know, Bible study on Wednesday, but, but God and religion weren't really necessarily discussed in my home. Like every summer she would send us to Bible camp. Um, and I think that was just to get us out of the house. And she was always spiritual. Like God, I think God was respected, but we just we just never discussed it. And, but for me growing up, I was always really curious about, you know, where do we come from and what is, what does religion mean? So, um, my third grade teacher actually converted from Christianity to Islam. Um, I got curious about that and I was like, mama, can I, can I go to temple with her? She was like, yeah, go. So I would, I would literally go. Of course you
0: would. Of course you would. The
1: national Islam on a Saturday to church on a Sunday. Um, I dated a Hindu, learned all about, like, of you, you know, Hinduism. So I I've, I've really dabbled into seeing, like, what is God? How do you define God? Um, and so because of that, I literally, I just see God in absolutely every single thing in life. So, but reading the Bible front to cover? No.
2: Well, Well, we're in the same boat. I also haven't read the Bible from cover to cover, although I've certainly read passages. Thank goodness Charles McKenzie does not listen to this podcast. (laughs) That's my papa. He would be burning up right now. Uh, Anyway, you know, Actually, reading the Bible is one of my 2020 goals, and I hope this doesn't sound crazy, but my hesitation in reading the Bible, especially as like a teenager and young adult, was around how vast it was, was around the language in the book. You know, to me, the Bible was kind of like Shakespeare. Both of them intimidated me with the thou'st and the us and, you know, all Mm -hmm. that big, fancy, fluffy Mm -hmm. language. So I felt a little intimidated by it. But I know that in order to deepen my Christian faith, I have to go to the Word. So that is on my 2020 to-do list but again no judgment not from cover to cover yeah so yeah no
0: not from cover to cover but like ab i'm a country girl and we got on that church van my parents worked a lot and so <laughs>
1: shout out to the church we say shout drive? out to the <laughs> church van listen the
0: church van was changing lives back in the 80s and 90s that's all i'm saying but my parents worked a lot they worked full time and so we went to church often with my aunts my dad's family and so we had church all day, every day it felt like we had Bible study, we had prayer meeting, we had choir rehearsal, we had vacation Bible school. Like yep. church was a part of our lives. Right. Um, just like school was. It, it it was just natural, right? So I got baptized at ten with my cousin Trees. Shout out Trees <laughs> and and we still have our home church, Bethel Baptist Church out in Hollywood. And it's literally a part of our family. And we got baptized before the time. Now, this is real country, y'all. And don't judge. Before, like, when you say you wanted to be baptized, you had to go out in the woods mm-hmm. and listen for God. Or wait until you hear God or feel God so that you could get to know God. And I thought, oh, thank God we missed that part right. of mm-hmm. this whole Christian experience. Right. But at 10 years old, that was 1980, 1993 um it was special and it was especially special to do that with trees and i think being churched as a verb really um changed who i was who i became as an adult and it's something that i strive
1: to do with my own kids mm. it's crazy you were baptized at 10 i was also baptized at 10 and at grandma that. louise mm. shout out to mm. my grandma hey, Grandma. she had because uh, she does she is a deaconess um always in church but um she had all the cousins we, it was like 10 or 15 of us deep, and we got all got baptized on the same day. Mm-hmm. Um, so buy one, so, get one, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, okay. and I, so I don't think, and it's weird. So, I don't even consider my baptism that one to actually be authentic because I didn't really mean it. I was just, it was you know, just what you did, it was a part of the right. tradition, yeah. right? It was what you did, right? I, mm-hmm. I don't feel like I was truly saved until I was 28, mm. but you know, but. This is our lightning round, so before I go too deep into what that Savior is, um, what we're going to do is just dive into this whole subject of Bible. What does it mean to us? What does it mean to our community? And how is it now shaping the society we live in? Welcome to the b side. Well, many of us know what a significant role that the church, the Bible, has played in black American history and among black communities. It's a two-headed sphere, right? The Bible was used for a certain period of time in America as a tactic of control. We know that slavery was justified by the the masters through use of the Bible, right? But right. for black people, it was also a matter of safety. The church became the beacon that if you were in trouble, you could always run into the walls of the church. So black folks had to have this thing of finding jesus on our own right and on our own merit and what do y'all think that looks like today
0: you know it's amazing how we now have these mega churches like we Mm -hmm. have td jakes and we have pastor gray i'm not getting on that today um we have um our favorite pastor up in dc howard john wesley Mm, come on through Forgive me, Jesus, Um, (laughs) but we use church today not just for that religious direction, but for just civil rights. We need more civil rights leaders, and you want to be able to go to a church that gives you direction in all aspects of your life. And I think that's why we love these more progressive churches, because they're taking the Bible That once felt like Shakespeare, like Kelly said, Mm -hmm. are all antiquated, but applying it to our modern day life and teaching us how we apply these same stories and lessons to becoming just better people. And I think sometimes as young people, we get caught up on the word Christian are saved. Mm -hmm. Um, If you weren't churched, then you probably would stay away from those words because you think it holds you to a different standard or you have to live by a certain Um, Creed, but it's really just about being a good person, right? And doing right by all people and loving all people and feeling grounded in who you
2: are. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when I think about the church in a young person's perspective, I can't help but to think about being a freshman at Spelman College. Mm -hmm. I joined the Martin Luther King Choir, which was a part of the King Chapel. Now, y'all, it was relatively early in the school year when one Saturday night I stayed out way too long. Shout out to the folks at Peacock Peacock Lounge, Mm because that's where I practically (laughs) took up residence. I mean, truly, the Peacock Lounge. That's what college is about. Anywho, um, me and my girls and some of the boys we were out with stayed out way too long, way too long. I'm talking to the crack of dawn. And I wound up that Sunday morning rushing back at the crack of dawn from Morehouse to Spelman. Now, I remember walking back to campus in the same party outfit I had on, and y'all, I passed Mm -hmm. a group of my choir members, and my heart just sank, in my, hey, my sank in my chest, my heart sank in my chest. And I were. remember mm-hmm. those young ladies it looking so pristine in them robes. I mean, everybody just looked at me. Nobody even said a word. They said it when you walked away. And y'all, I mean, I felt so embarrassed in that moment. I felt so judged in that moment. And it could have been 100% in my head, but I just ultimately stopped going to choir Aww. practice Stop going to church in undergrad. And it wasn't until I went to graduate school in New York City that I rejoined the church. Shout out Convent Avenue Baptist Church Mm -hmm. and really got back into my Christian walk. But I, I think that really speaks to how people often in the church feel judgment and feel like they have to be perfect in order to be recognized and seen and loved in the eyes of God. And on the flip side, how some
0: of that may even just be our own brains. Working Absolutely. Against us,
2: Right. Absolutely.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: Because how did you, re- how did you refound God then Kelly.
2: Y'all, it was through my good girlfriend, Alicia, who lived in New York at the time. And so I, she was a member of the Convent Avenue Baptist Church. And she invited me to come along one Sunday. And I went. And I, I remember sitting in that church and just feeling like, this is the place for me. This is the right place for me yeah. to be. And so yeah. I started fellowshipping with a lot of the choir members, ultimately joined the choir, loved the pastor, and then just got back involved in the church. All it takes is one mm. step. Yep. Yep.
1: Mm-hmm. It is funny. I always tell people you define God through love or through pain. Um, mm. well,
3: so and I is love not
0: pain out. sometimes? Is, pain, is yeah. it not one and the same? Is right, it not right. on the same spectrum?
1: Right. I don't know. I mean, so for me, it's like, like I said, I was baptized really early. Always was in some form of church. But um, but it was when I was 28 years old. I remember like it was yesterday. I was walking to work 5 a.m. in the morning, walking to MUSC. And, um, and I was just thinking to myself, you know, like, guy like I I'm at the top of my game. I am, you know, a board certified anesthesiologist. Like I, I've accomplished all this stuff. My um if you look at my my resume, it was just accolade after accolade after accolade, right? But I was literally talking to God like, but why is it that I'm not why am I not happy? And when I tell y'all like God I don't know y'all relationship with God, but when I say he cussed me out, he like mm. straight so cussed me out. Because I was you like, you know, if it. if this had been here, if if my father had been there, if if this would have worked out, and he stopped me dead in my trap and was like, How dare you say you didn't have a father? Mm-hmm. And it was just like life episode after life episode that just mm-hmm. flashed before my eyes, and it was like, I was always there for you for this. I was always there for you for this, for mm-hmm. this. And it was mm-hmm. like a eye opening moment of in every time that I thought I was in my my weakest place, he was always there and so like now when I say I see God in every single thing I see him in the trees I see him in like mm. my my little sister she always says she's a bird like, right
0: right now Ev <laughs> was once a tree Juki was a bird just FYI, <laughs> FYI. I like
1: to, I like but no but honestly I see God in absolutely everything and I know he never leaves us and so even in painful moments I know there's something for me to learn and that he's always there
0: and that's the beauty of church It's just having faith I think Mm -hmm. that's what it boils down to and and we in 2020 even exploring is church a physical space or is church in your heart is that's something that um me and I wrestle with I would say me and my husband is always every Sunday we're like get up and go to church was like but I can turn church on my tv Mm -hmm. so do I have to go to the physical building but there may be something in going to the physical building so let's dig into that first of all Eb, tell us who's in the building this morning.
1: Hey, y'all, and this is why I'm so excited and kind of tongue-tied because when you talk about a physical place, the place that really spoke to my soul was the life center of North Charleston. And we have, I have the pleasure of introducing to you the first lady Moore. Now, Lady Moore, she will never she's the most humble person you'll ever meet, but she's spoken to my life so many times that she doesn't even realize just from the pulpit. But she's more than just a preacher. She's a, she's an international minister. She's a motivational speaker, an entrepreneur, philanthropist. She's a writer. She's the founder and director of My Best Life Initiative and the voice of JC Moore Ministries. She's a wife. She's a mother of two. She's a, I look too fly and too young to be somebody's grandmama, but I am. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Black, don't
0: cry. Hello. Black, Hello. Black, don't, don't
1: cry. Come through. <laughs> But above all y'all, she is just a woman of God and she's one of those people when she walks into a room, you don't even have she doesn't have to open her mouth. Like you can you can see the love that radiates from her and you know that when you're in her your presence of her, you're not gonna be judged. It is truly a come as you are kind of moment. So if y'all can help me, welcome Lady Moore. Woo woo! Welcome Lady Moore. <laughs> Thank right. you. Welcome to the so, B word unpacked. The B word. So, Lady Moore, how are you for one? I,
3: I how am I? Um, you have me tongue-tied now because that was, <laughs> you know, that's quite humble, humbling, and you know, just listening from someone else's perspective of how people see you. It's, you know, mm-hmm. it it kind of jolts you and um, puts things into perspective and kind of reinforces what you're doing, and you know. Just kind of keep moving. You know what you're doing is is what you're doing.
2: And just quick sidebar: <laughs> these glasses that she has on, I so wish y'all by. could see your cat eye
1: tortoiseshell. Too cute. Amazon, Amazon. Two, yes. kids. Amazon oh, two
3: for nineteen dollars. Oh, well, it. Amazon Prime. Yes.
1: <laughs> Give us that LinkedIn. That's right. <laughs> so, so how you know these are the things that we see you as. How would you describe you? Like, who are you? Who is Lady Moore?
3: Um, I saw that question, and I have a very, I have a difficult. Um, time really describing myself uh i was at uh this particular um how how would i even describe it but it was an opportunity for me to kind of get myself together Mm -hmm. a couple weeks ago and um the presenter the facilitator said now i want you to describe yourself i want you to tell the audience in writing we had um uh, we have to go home and do this particular presentation and bring it back. And the best way that I describe myself is what my grandmother saw me as. And so I just want to read that. I, that's, okay. that's the best way. I, and uh, I think that she would say, Jay Ann is my granddaughter. Ever since light hit her eyes, when she was born, she was special. She mm-hmm. never did settle for any old thing. Always seeing her, just a reaching, and a reaching, and a reaching high and mm-hmm. higher. Look at her now. I knew that she would be doing something to everybody. She never did just pass up people because they didn't look like her, talk like her, live like her. Every mm-hmm. one of them, wherever they've been, I saw her stop, take up time with them, love them where they be. That's my Meta Ann. She's been my gal since she was born. Um, She's somewhere across them waters the last time I checked, helping people, um, helping those folks. that She don't even speak their talk. I'm so proud of her and Ooh, I, I think beautiful that, yeah, listen it, I don't
0: know if I it, want to get to know you a <laughs> grandma at this point that was yeah, beautiful yeah,
3: yeah. And, and and I was able to put myself in that position and just you know I think that's what my grandmother would say about me we were very close she was she died in 2006 but mm-hmm. my whole purpose when I put my feet on the ground every day is to impact someone's life mm-hmm. in whatever way that that God needs me to wherever they are Um, And I'm finding that wherever that is, is, you know, it's across the world now. You know, Um, so I see myself as an ambassador of light, you know, Um, in and out of the church and more so uh, within the community of um, just real people, people who are doing real things and people who may not have stepped their feet in the church. Mm -hmm. But I just believe that God is just shifting me to be a living epistle you know, that is able to be led, read by men, very imperfect, but, you know, being perfected every day, um, Amen. by the word of God. Amen. Mm-hmm. And
1: mm-hmm. how do you get to those people? Like what, what exactly do you do? Like, how do you reach people that don't speak your language and don't live in your city? Well,
3: in the marketplace, um, I'm a manager with the life insurance company, so I'm able to really touch people's lives that, that will never, uh Really enter the church. Um, we have a, our CEO, founder is a multi millionaire and 76 um, year old man. And we were talking one day, and he said, Jimetta, you know, I don't go to church. And, you know, they asked me to pray, you know, in, before meetings and um, come and pray for different things outside of what I do. And at that moment, I was very sad. He said, I don't go to church because, you know, when you go to church, all they're talking about is this and that and this and that. There's nothing about what I read. Mm. And I became very sad, so I, you know, I stopped in that moment and I started apologizing and said, you know, I'm sorry that you've gotten that perspective from the church, but that's not who we are. Right. That's that's right. not what we do. And unfortunately, even you know, in this particular, um, uh, the thing that I attended a couple of weeks ago, um, it, I was surrounded again by people who were at one time in church. Mm. Mm-hmm. And that were impacted in a negative way.
0: Yeah. I, but, you know, even, often, right? yeah, yeah.
3: even in that moment, you know, the Lord prepared me before I went the next day. He said, I want you to be prepared because I'm going to give you space. You're going to have space that you're going to tell those people that I love them. And oh. then you're also going to tell these people and then you're going to apologize for the church. Mm. You're going to apologize for the church. And then the third thing you're going to do is just reassure them that the what whatever they've seen. Whatever you know, they've seen that has been done, is not who I am, and just to just try to give it give us another chance, mm. you know, and that's an unfortunate part. You've got people who are in church that are irresponsible, in really breathing and being, you know, the church, and it's it's just a reality. It is, mm-hmm. it is. Know, Lady
2: Moore, you're commentary about people not being in the church is directly linked to one of the data points I wanna share with you. Our podcast listeners know we love data. We, know uh-uh. we love to put it out there. So a Gallup poll showed that in 2018, 38% of adults said they attended religious service on a weekly basis compared to 42% in 2008. So that's a that's a significant decline with young people leading the mass exodus. Now, that said, historically, black churches have bucked that trend somewhat, and they're holding more steady in their church membership. So I have two questions. I'm going to ask the first one. Do you think that these data points align with what you are seeing at large, with people leaving the church with the black church kind of staying steady? Have you seen that, whether within your own congregation or the
3: community at large? Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's it's a reality. It's a truth, mm-hmm. you know, no matter how we may try to um, – just duck it and dodge it but it is it mm-hmm. is and we have work to do what do you we, think accounts yes, for that <laughs> um a lot of it has to do with just um not really taking the time to be relevant yes mm-hmm. you know and you know and and really stay relevant the bible never changes the word of god stays the same <laughs> right. always but even in the bible days you saw how in jesus used You know, all kinds of ways to reach out and to really connect with people Mm -hmm. that he may not have connected with. You know, he he, he used parables, you know, he was writing in the sand, you know, really using things that connected people at that particular time and, and, you know, in that particular culture to make sure that not only they heard, but they grasped and embraced exactly what he was attempting to to really teach and to to bring. So I I think that's a big, big um, challenge that we have um, in the church and you know especially for and I might be getting ahead of myself for those who you know of our younger generation mm-hmm. yeah. you know have a I have a 23 year old and I have a 22 year old and mm-hmm. you know they've grown up in the church um, they they know God they don't mm-hmm. know of him mm-hmm. you know but they know that was one of my prayers that they know God they just didn't go to church so mm-hmm. they they understand you know who he is they have a relationship with him but there's still, you know, there is a, a tendency of a disconnect um, between where they are and what you know, at in in their community, in their culture. Mm-hmm. How do I understand God where I am? Because, right. Yeah. I think sometimes
0: we in in just sitting in church. Church is more aspirational. Um, the sermons tend to be more aspirational. I love the words you used when you said relevant, because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. immediately when you said that, I said. The game don't change just the players in it, right? That's so, right. So so we That's how right. do we then take those parables and those stories and make it applicable to where you are right now how do we meet people where they are right now so that it doesn't seem like such a long-term goal of being this ideal christian you know what i mean how do we celebrate the christian that you are now understanding that we're all growing it's a journey it's a journey Mm -hmm. you know it feels so finite when you go to churches especially like traditional churches sometimes it seems like well after you do this then you hit this mark but Young people, are, the brains aren't even equipped to think that way, you know? No,
3: no, they're way beyond. I mean, there's a, a, a different level of depth just because, you know, we have social media, we have internet, we have all these things that Hello. allow them to um, just way beyond. But I, I think, you know, a very practical way is just ask people, what do you want? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, what is it that, you know, I tell my husband all the time, and he's starting to have conversations with our generation the younger generation just asking what do you need from us yeah you know how can we serve uh you better just something very practical instead of trying to you know go and pray for 10 hours and asking god and just <laughs> yes, flipping over and yes. you know mm-hmm. being so spiritual just have conversations well, what do me, you I was going to ask what do you
0: hear most often from young people when you ask that question like what do you need from the church what do you need from god what what do you need from us how do we meet you where you are what are you hearing when you talk to young people
3: the time i mm-hmm. mean they want face to face you mm-hmm. know they want to you know, we have a tendency to, um, Psalm the 137, 103rd Psalm, the seventh verse says that, you know, Moses knew the ways of God, but the children of Israel knew the acts. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times, you know, they don't just want to see the acts, but they want to know how you get there. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, just don't tell me, you know, that that God can, you know, do this or God can do that, but how do I do it? You know? Yeah. yeah, he's the God of my grandmother and he's the God of my grandfather. But I need to know his ways right now, you know. Sit and teach me. Mm-hmm. You know, and and all the other, you know, stuff is not important, sure. Right. So
2: I do Good. have a quick yeah. follow-up question to that. So talk to our listeners about just practical real life examples of churches that you have seen actively engaging their young members? What were they doing? Well, what were the specific kind of ministries that they were engaged in? You know,
3: what had these young people coming back week after week to be a part of those services? Well, one very practical thing is that they were just doing community oriented things, you know, Mm -hmm. just for, for example, after church, you know, Mm -hmm. everybody's gathering, doing a game, Mm -hmm. you know, or, during, you know, midweek instead of having the regular church anniversary, you know. Oh, God, the, the church anniversary. <laughs> right. Oh, God, the
0: church anniversary. Right. The 131st church anniversary. don't get me started. Okay, here we come. And oh then the my, shoe rally. Oh and then we got the shoe rally. We got rally. I got a shoe. You got right. a shoe. Got you oh, got and a Or 100 women in white shoe. and only five show up. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. That's not cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know? Right. That's not even cool for me, you know. And I don't just show I don't show up for those things, you know. I, I really don't because they, they, they there's no purpose. You know, mm-hmm. I need to see where God is in this. How is it how is this going to impact somebody's life that may not know him? And then, you know, is my time going to be spent well, I'm not going to sit up here and listen, you know. Okay. It just, you know, and and that's what's important to you know our our you know millennial generation you know they want to really do things that make them believe that what they're doing is impacting or touching someone mm-hmm. you know and then also causing them to expand causing them to be better you know yeah they don't do things you know i did things cuz they told me to mm-hmm. right this generation not so much right. you know well, and uh, you know, go that ahead, brings
1: Ed. up a, a good question too though um, that i have you know, as as being a, a heterosexual woman who otherwise you can't see my what people quote unquote call sins as far as having kids out of wedlock and having this, this and this. I didn't have that what people consider baggage on my back and walking through the church doors. How do you approach and gain people who may say that there are certain scriptures that are used that they feel targeted by? and they don't feel welcome Mm, in the church and it's and it's it's excluding them from really having a relationship with God who literally says come as you are exactly as you are
3: yeah and I'll probably get emotional on this Mm -hmm. because I feel very strongly about souls Mm right you know it's because it's it's what God desires you know Mm -hmm. it's it's what he sent his only son for you know (laughs) that you know after Adam did what he did in the garden and you know him and Eve did what they did so you know he now shifts and sends his only begotten son for us Mm -hmm. and so Jesus came in love everything he did he did in love he heals a a cripple and he says you know he doesn't judge him first he heals him he meets him at his need and then he says after this go and sin no more you know, mm. here you have the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and you know, we, we learned that in, in Sunday school, that were, you know, more law than they were love. And I think that's another challenge that we have, you know, in the church, is that we have a tendency to focus more on what somebody is not doing than what, you know, what is important and meeting needs. You know what? You know what sin is. The definition, if you were to break it down in the, in the Greek original, it just means to separate. Mm. Mm. It means just separation from God. That's mm. that's all sin is, you know. And so, but we use it so flagrantly. Mm-hmm. We use it as a weapon yes. for people. And when the message should be is that now I'm hurting. I'm sad because what you're doing is going to disconnect you. From, from eternal life mm-hmm. right
2: well i can't help but ask the follow-up question then and that is what advice would you give to those listeners who feel that separation from god who feel distant from god how can they get closer to him
3: i i just believe that that god uh just sends people and he signs people for for people in the world you know the bible talks about some plant some water, but God gets the increase. So, you know, there may be somebody who's going to plant a seed in your heart for you to come to God. And there may be somebody who's going to water it, but ultimately God's going to get the increase. But I would just, just suggest don't give up, find something. And, and then, then there will be moments where God would just speak to you. You might be in the bathroom or you might be in a club or you might be in the bed with somebody that's not your husband. It does not matter. Mm -hmm. he loves you where you are there's nothing that can cause him to ever look away and not desire to have you back Mm -hmm. there's nothing nothing i want to pivot a little bit
0: i want to talk about how we as black people can kind of shift back to our reinvigorate our revive our black churches as the places for civil leadership and social justice in those hubs. Um, I know when we moved back to Charleston, my husband and I my family, we struggled with, although I have my home church down in Hollywood, but it was an older generation that was leading the church. And mm-hmm. so they weren't talking about the more, the things that we've discussed, you know, being progressive and relevant and applicable to my everyday life. So we started to go to what, I, what we called white church, right? Mm-hmm. So because at white church, their lessons were, their sermons were more like Ted talks Mm -hmm. and you drank coffee and you wore flip flops and you, but the lessons were, are the sermons were less religious Mm -hmm. and more about just life Mm -hmm. and direction and being a good person. And we loved it. It was beautiful. It was amazing. I felt um, like I was being developed as Mm -hmm. a person, but then Emmanuel happened. Mm. And my white church said, we should love each other. That was not enough.
1: And Kim has family that was in Emmanuel.
0: Yeah, Mm -hmm. and so I went to church and they played this video about love and it was like a music video and it was like hold hands on the bridge and blah, blah, blah. And I thought, wait a minute, wait a minute, we skipped some steps here, Mm -hmm. we skipped some steps. Mm -hmm. And then it dawned on me that you can't connect with me because you don't know mm-hmm. you've never lived this experience or then we had and we were like active participants in the church like i participated in children's church two to three sundays a month with the babies my kids were in children's church like we were active active church goers and then i had a white volunteer say you know what i get so excited when i see you guys here because i know that something to the essence of what was it Eb? like god wasn't always right real black- our guard wasn't always available to black people it was something so kind of are weird. the black
1: people weren't showing up for yeah that. black
0: people weren't showing up it was something so weird and cryptic and i thought see this is the cultural kind of
1: mm-hmm.
0: um tension not even a tension a cultural misunderstanding mm-hmm. that i forgot that i needed in church and so we started then going back to black church But God, black church was three, four hours long, you know, Mm -hmm. and the sermon was more religious than it was practical. Mm -hmm. And then I just felt like we're just doing the thing to do the thing, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and I feel like so often we do the church to do the church. It gets back to the tradition of the church. Right. Mm -hmm. So I'm really trying to find a balance. And I find myself having this conversation with people in my age group often. How do you find that balance? Because I want to get back to where we have the Martin Luther Kings in the church. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? We have our Malcolm X in the church and I go to my church and I go to my religious leader because you not only lead me in faith, but you lead me in life, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And so how do we start to, maybe this is a personal question. Cause I'm saying we, but how do, how do I, let me personal, let me, let me own it. How do I find that again in church and if in I religious could, leaders?
1: If I can say a little interjection where I found it, Kim was literally hashtag life center church. Because it was one of those moments of when I say they speak to real life, um Lady Moore and Pastor Moore, both they would they would come out and give you real life examples but quoted from the scripture. But when I say real life examples, I mean down to the fact that you felt kind of gut punched on some of them. It's like, yes. oh we talked about me. I wanna
0: cry like <laughs> I've been through something last <laughs> night. And you and just you told the
1: saying, whole church. Mm. You, at the end of the service <laughs> when I say they were there were you know, half of the congregation at the altar saying, I know that story was yes, for me. Yes. Yes. I know I know you were talking. I, I know God is trying to pull me. And that message was directly at me. And and the way they are able to make it applicable, but in a non-judgmental way, of saying, I know what you're going through. And this is the way that you can see your way through it. Not by us telling you, but by us leading you to God. And you too, you and God, having the conversation and the discussion. But, Lady Mo, what do you, what do you feel about it? I think, you know,
3: Kim, I've, you have to um, really command and, de- and demand what is necessary for you. Absolutely. You know, and, you know, most times it's possible. Mm. Is it a lot of work? Absolutely. If that's, that's tweetable, y'all. Command <laughs> and demand. Yes. yes, yes. You really do, because it, it will never uh, change if we don't, you know, command and, and, and demand it. And I, you know, I work a lot. I I, I really hang around a lot of our younger um, folks. I did our youth Bible study for years and years and years and took them on spring break trips. And they, they teach me so much. But, you know, they were feeling left out for a little while, you know, while I was still at the helm of, you know, teaching them. And I said, so what y'all going to do? Hmm. Which, what y'all going to do? Yeah. Now y'all coming to me. So you want me to go in there? Yeah. He's my husband. He's all my pastor. But what y'all know? You have a voice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You go in there and you tell him what you want. If you feel like what's, you know, being done is overlooking you, go tell him. Yeah. Yeah. Tell them this. These are the things that that you guys are expecting, and this is what you want, and this is how you feel. You know, Absolutely. and more times than not, people listen because you know, as leaders, we sometimes have our heads in a hole. You know, trying to lead all these different people with all di- these different needs, but all of us are the church. Mm. Mm-hmm. We're just the shepherd. You there know, that we everywhere we are. You know, we're the ecclesia. We're the. That's literally the church everywhere we are. So it's your burden too. Mm-hmm. It's your responsibility. You have to break that
2: vocabulary word down for me and our listeners. <laughs> you are the ecclesia. Yeah. Let's talk
3: about that. That's the church. You okay. are the church. It's, it's, I love that. Yeah, it's it's literally Clef- you know, yeah. yeah, it's literally the 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 physicality of wh- what God has thrust it into the earth Mm -hmm. so young
0: people what i'm hearing is that we are the church we are the ecclesia and we have to command and demand what we need out of our churches and that's how we'll see some changes absolutely awesome Mm -hmm. awesome Mm -hmm.
3: absolutely
1: that is incredible you know it's one of those things because at the end the cost of not doing so literally is your soul absolutely you know if, if you you think the about end the way of the day you're at right. the end of the day mm-hmm. at right. the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, lady Moore, another topic we touched on earlier in the podcast is the struggle that many people experience with trying to reconcile their Christianity with their spirituality. If they have had this kind of church hurt, how do we, how do we make those two kind of come back together where you can say, yes, I am a Christian and not just spiritual. It has to be an intentional journey for
3: each individual. Really? Um, just like for you, you know, your span of time that you were not in the church. And and now you kind of jolted my memory. You know, I went to Winthrop up in Rock Hill. And um, I, it, before I went to school, I was in church, Sunday mm-hmm. school church, mm-hmm. you know, in that Baptist church on Two Nodge Road in Columbia, South Carolina, Zion Canaan. Mm-hmm. You know, there was, you know, I was there. And, but when I did go to school, um, there was a break. Yep. You know, to where it It wasn't nothing that really happened, but I think I was just trying to find you know myself. but the beautiful thing about it is that you know the, my relationship with god was was intact, not that i did didn't do what I did <laughs> right. like, you know. we all have done a little <laughs> yeah something. yeah, you yes. know wasn't that, but uh, the beautiful thing about it is that it was a full circle, mm-hmm. you know that I'm still here, <laughs> you right. know you.
0: Resilience. You right. might
3: have you might have walked away, but I ain't gone nowhere. You know yeah. that's that's how God and 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 those are the moments that people have to get to. Is that even though I may have you know departed or something may be, have pulled me away or may have been distracted away from really hitting the point. You know, just uh, we missed the mark. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and again, it's very simple. It, it's not a complicated thing. Yeah, you know. the Bible says, you know, the first and greatest commandment is love the Lord with your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul and then the Mm -hmm. second is love your neighbor as yourself. That's it, guys. (laughs) That's it. I mean, and it, it feels like such a big mountain
0: when you're in church, but it really is that it simple. It isn't. Mm-hmm.
3: You know how you I, fell in love with your husband?
0: Oh yes, honey.
3: And and so when you fell in love, there were things that just dropped off. I know. that didn't even matter anymore. I don't even know how they dropped, lady. Right, lady. I don't, don't even know. Exactly. They just dropped one day. And and that's how that's how you know. Even, you know, the time that you used to spend with your other friends and, you know, you may have had some other male friends, they didn't matter anymore. Yeah. Because you were focused on loving him. Mm -hmm. The same thing that happens with when we fall in love with Jesus Christ, when we spend time, when we have a relationship with him, there are things that you may have done, they don't even matter anymore.
1: Right. Mm Right.
3: Mm. It's because it's a love relationship, you know, and so it's all this. Yeah, you just don't, you know, all this, their churches don't do this and don't do that. Don't. No, just love God. And you all don't right? have to
0: worry about him not calling you back. You don't have to worry about right. him not texting you back. What? I mean, it's beautiful. Tell what you it's want. beautiful. Mm-hmm. Right. So
2: Lady Moore, to bring this interview full circle, give us your tweet it's to all those listeners out there who want to dip their toes into the water of the Bible. What's oh. your top tweet on how they can do that?
3: Designate a time daily that you can, even if, it, even initially, if it's just five minutes a day, that you get up and say, this is my time. Even if you're just reading one passage, yeah, that's it. Don't get up, don't try to start. Um, Praying an hour and reading the whole, you know. The don't start Bible. trying don't to read the don't Bible. Do the whole read yeah. the Bible. Thing. No, don't. Okay. Okay. Don't do not go Check. to that. Right. To Scratch thing. it off, Kelly. Yeah. Don't <laughs> go to to that app and reading the. Don't do that because yeah. you'll you'll fail every time. <laughs> yep. Just start where you are. Just start where you are. Five minutes a day. You get up and you just acknowledge this is my time, God. I I really don't know what I'm doing but I, this is my time I'm setting aside for you. Mm-hmm. And I promise you that five minutes will grow to 10 and then 15 and then you just can't wait to get up in the mornings just to have that time with you and then those moments where you miss it because you're rushing. You're just like, I gotta, you know, there's some kind of way that I've gotta get back to him. But, you know, just start off very practical and then, you know, it grows
1: just like with everything else. Right. Well, I'll tell you later more. Well, I feel like I need to pass the collection plate. Let me get my check. Let me get my check. But I'd like to just thank you for just taking the time to come and speak with us. Like this has been absolutely incredible and amazing. And we know that you have not only your work and your way that you poured into um the community as far as relating to God. Um but your husband and also your son. Cause so can you tell us a little bit about him and his work and what he's doing? Charlie David
3: Moore is my firstborn. Um, and from the womb, I believe that the Lord just anointed him for the world, uh, with music since, you know, he was young. He's always dabbled in music, even as a baby, you know, just on keyboard. So the Lord has now, um, just given him, um, a heart, um, for people all across the world through music and so he uh, writes quite often he's you know sang with a lot of the gospel artists that we know Um, but but now he's you know pretty much on his own you know writing and singing and really bringing uh, a relevant uh, word to people that may not ever ever you know reach you know uh, the church doors but um i've sent his songs you know to people that i know that aren't necessarily religious or spiritual and they just call back and and just say you know who is this you know what is happening to me but i just believe that what god has given him is very special and um and so that's what he does he lives he breathes it you know right "Mm -hmm." at the
1: end at the end of this podcast viewers, we are going to actually play one of chandler's songs um, it's called "Most Beautiful." On the is it a "So in Love" soundtrack, Lady Moore? It's not necessarily a
3: soundtrack, an album, or or anything. They're just all uh, individual. Yes.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, it's absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for coming again. Thank you for having. This yes. is this thank is, is just our pleasure. Yeah, just an opportunity, to just be able
3: to share Jesus wherever you know. It's it's just always. Um, exciting and um, i'm grateful thank you all
0: this was beautiful this was beautiful right but it's time to be bothered
1: y'all so be bothered is the closing segment of our podcast through which we give our listeners advice about the b word that we just unpacked so i hope that some of what we have shared resonated with you and that you got to thinking about your own experiences of how you have kind of come to god I think that a fitting way to wrap things up today is to touch on the hashtag be bothered. So I'll kick us off. Um, what I think of when I think of God is is like Lady Moore said that God is love, that he is total love, um, that he really is one of these entities that says come exactly as you are. Um, when you think about in Genesis, it talks about Adam and Eve in the garden. And when the snake tried to talk and tried to convince them that God you know, um, no longer love them, and they should be ashamed. God said, "You know, who told you that? You know, who told you that you should be ashamed, that you should hide yourself? That you, I, I created you in my image, and my image is love. So always know to love yourself." I will say that,
2: much like relationships with people in your life—be mm-hmm. that your husband or your friend or your mother, etc.—that your Relationship with God requires both commitment and work. And to the point that Lady Moore made, even if it's just five minutes a day of putting in that very thoughtful, dedicated work to that relationship, is going to get you so much further than you were. So I would just remember that your relationship with God, with your God, is like a relationship with anyone in your life in that it's bi-directional. In, it, I was going to say it's reciprocal, but no, God gives us so much more than Absolutely. we give Him. It's not necessarily, necessarily reciprocal, but it certainly is bi directional. So just remember that you put in the work and you'll receive so much more out of it.
0: Yeah, I'm still um, resonating on command and demand. You know, be the church that you want to see mm-hmm. and demand that. And I'm going to shout out Pastor Tracy Hugie and his First Lady Sarissa at Grace Place. They've really shown us a different kind of church, and I appreciate them for that. But we'll certainly be checking out lady Moore at a service or two, just to yes. make sure that we're getting everything we need in order to be the best people we can. So thank you so much for your time today. That that touched our spirits. Thank you. Thank you guys for having and giving me an
3: opportunity to share.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks to everyone who tuned in to hear to us talk about the Bible, the church, and our beliefs. We tackle some pretty heavy stuff. And so we thank you guys for sticking with us and tuning in. Tell us what you thought about today's episode in our comment section below. And let us know if there's another B word that you want us to unpack in a future episode. And until next time, let's, let's keep, keep unpacking.
4: unpacking. love with you. No one else can take your place. One thing I desire, only this I see. Just to dwell, dwell, dwell here forever. This will be my posture laying at your feet. Oh, just to dwell, dwell, dwell here forever. Dearest Father. Most beautiful, most beautiful.